0: That's ljsinnercircle.com, or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. This is the Learn Jazz Standards Podcast, Episode 74. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Alright, what is up everybody? My name is Brent. I am the jazz musician behind the website LearnJazzStandards.com and welcome to another episode of the LJS Podcast. Super excited that you're here. As always, if you're a regular listener, really appreciate you being here week after week and if you're a brand new listener, welcome to the show. I know you're going to get a lot of value out of today's episode. Now, Learn Jazz Standards, we are all about giving away free jazz education tips, lessons advice all to help you become a better jazz musician so we're going to continue doing that today as always through this podcast episode and on today's episode 74 i'm going to be talking about how to improvise over suspended chords yeah, those pesky chords that you see show up from time to time, and you're like, "What do I do over top of those chords?" Uh, you know, a lot of people think about that when they come across suspended chords, and and we're specifically going to be honing in today on a dominant seven sus four chords because those are the ones that you see a lot of times come up in jazz and we're going to learn how to approach them think about them and uh, we're doing another lesson today another theory lesson today which we did uh, one last week on two five one chord progressions hope you check out episode 73 for more of that but uh, I love these lessons and I'm going to be giving out uh, some examples for you today and playing over some uh, different ways to approach this chord so stay tuned for that. Now, before we go into today's show, I haven't pitched this in a while, so I want to do it again. If you ever have any questions, any jazz questions that you want to ask on this show or you think you have a good idea for an episode, I'm always open for your suggestions. I'm here to serve you. That's really my whole goal is just to, to serve you, my listeners, and help you guys become better jazz musicians. So If you ever have a question, we do have a hotline. You can call the LGS podcast hotline at 910 LJS cast or that's 9105572278 and what you do is you just leave a voicemail with your jazz question and it could be answered on a future LGS podcast episode or possibly even an entire episode could be dedicated to your question. And if I don't know the answer to it, I'll find someone who does. As you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, I like to have guests on. And when I have these guests on, it's because they have expertise that I don't have. And I'm learning from them too, as much as you're learning from them. And so uh, that's what this is all about. Uh, We're a jazz community. We're all about sharing and learning Together. So call the LJS podcast hotline at 910 LJS Cast, 910 557 2278. All right, let's jump into today's show. I forgot to mention that by the time this episode comes out, I'm probably laying on a beach soaking in the sun in Greece. I'm on a little bit of a vacation right now, taking a little bit of R&R much needed. So I'm um, me and my wife are out visiting her family in Greece and uh, so I hope you're having a good summer too. Uh, I I certainly have needed this vacation so um, I'm really excited though to get back and continue doing even more but for right now let's jump into this lesson which is all about improvising over suspended chords. So we're going to be going over the dominant seven sus four chord. Now sus four chords can play many different roles. You can hear them oftentimes in a diatonic situation like a 251 where the 5 chord is a dominant 7 sus4 chord which gives us this suspended sound. Now that suspended is that fourth that's being added to the chord. It leaves this sense of of unresolved tension, this suspended sound that usually will be resolved from the five chord to the one chord. But it also can play a a, a part in modal harmony. Like if you think about Maiden Voyage, Herbie Hancock's tune, it's a bunch of suspended chords kind of used in a modal sense, not necessarily a diatonic sense. Uh, Other songs like Freedom Jazz Dance by McCoy Tyner is a great example of of really just kind of like hanging out on mostly one suspended chord and improvising over top of that. And then you also have songs like Freddie Hubbard's Red Clay, which just has a lot of different suspended chords mixed in throughout. So I think it's really important for me to note that whenever anybody ever asks me a question like, how do I play... Over a dominant seventh chord, like what do I play? How do I approach it? My question always is first, well, what context is that chord in? What chord came before it? What chord is it going to, right? Because that's ultimately going to inform you how you should improvise over top of that chord. But that aside, I think it's really important and can be really helpful to be able to analyze a chord individually and discover what notes you can play over top of that. And that's what this lesson is going to be all about. I'm going to really go into the theory about it. Now, before I go into talking about the theory and how we can approach playing over top of dominant seven sus four chords, I really want to quickly say a word about theory and what place it does play in the role of a jazz improviser. You know, as I've Always preached on our blog and on this podcast, if you've been hanging out with us for a while, I always preach learning jazz language by ear, going to the recordings, listening to the music, internalizing it. That's the first and foremost, most important thing you can do. But jazz theory, music theory in general, has a role to play in an improviser's life, in an improviser's practice. Theory can help you conceptualize language and help you kind of look at it through different lenses and that's why it's important to, to be to understand to be competent of what you are actually playing because it can open your mind to different approaches and how you can approach different chords and chord progressions in a musical way so know that everything I'm talking about today it has its place but there's also this other side of learning music by ear and just simply learning the language Now, let's start first things first. I have my guitar out, which is my primary instrument, and let's hear what a dominant seven sus four chord sounds like. Okay, that's just one voicing of a dominant seven sus four chord, that was a G7 sus four. Now, let's listen to it on the piano, because I think that the piano has a different, fuller sound that can give us a little more perspective. And here's just a few more keys so you can get in your ear. All right, now for those who are not familiar with how to build these dominant seven sus four chords, I want to go over that really quickly. You can find, by the way, all this at the show notes at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode seven four. So, the basic spelling of a dominant 7 sus 4 chord is simply the root, the 4th, the 5th, and the flat 7. Basically, the 3rd of the chord is being replaced by the 4th. So, in the key of G, I'm going to relate everything to the key center of C. So, I'm thinking about G as the 5 chord uh, as it compares to a C major 7. So, that would be G... C, which is the 4th, and then D is the 5th, and F is the flat 7, right? Flat 7 is what makes the dominant 7th chord a dominant 7th chord. Okay, so that's how you spell it. But of course, there are many different voicings you can use. You can put that fourth up top in the chord. You can, so that's more like an 11th. And then you can put the ninth in there. You can add 13th. You can add all kinds of extensions. You can even add a flat nine with the suspended fourth in there. There's all kinds of things you can do. I'm just going to be focusing on the basic dominant seven sus four chord. There's also many different ways to think about improvising over top of this chord and there are many different trains of thought. I'm just going to go over with you my different approaches and, and kind of go over some scale, some chord scale theory that you can consider. Now, the first most basic way before I kind of go into a system of thought that I have about this chord, the most basic way is to treat this chord just like a regular dominant seventh chord with a little bit of a different train of thought. So, I would just say think about Mixolydian. Now, Mixolydian, if you listen to episode 73, I talked a little bit more about what the modes are if you don't know what those are already. But essentially, you can think of a mixolydian as you're starting uh, the C major scale. In this case, we're, we're, we're doing a G7. So we're the, starting the C major scale on the fifth tone, which would be G, right? So we're doing a G7 chord. So you're basically starting the C major scale on the G and ending on the G. So it sounds like this. Right? And now if you have that G7sus4, Right? You can hear that sound out there. Now, usually when you're playing over top of a regular G7 chord, they have what they call as an avoid note. Okay, The fourth is usually the avoid note. The reason being is because, again, that fourth has that unresolved uh, suspended sound. So if I'm playing a regular G7 and I'm targeting the fourth... Well, it's not going to really sound like it's it's going anywhere. So normally when people are Uh, playing a g7 they say well try to avoid that that fourth or not avoid it but don't land on it is kind of what the idea is when they say it's a, a void note well in this particular case there are no avoid notes you can be hitting the third even if you want to even though it's technically omitted from the chord normally you can be hitting that third and you can be definitely targeting that fourth to really draw out that suspended sound Okay. So that's the most basic way. That's really not difficult. It's the easiest way to think about that chord, but I want to go into a different kind of system of thought. And I want to essentially think about this G seven sus four chord as it relates to the two minor chord. Now, again, what is a two five one chord progression, the key of C? Well, it's D minor seven. It's G seven and it's C major seven. So if we're kind of thinking about it in that context, doesn't matter whether it's in that actual situation you're playing that chord, or if it's a modal situation, you can still think about playing off of the minor chord. Because if you think about it, a G suspended chord is a lot like a D minor seven chord. I'll prove it to you really quick. What's the fifth of G seven? It's D. What's the flat 7 of G7? It's F. Now, those are actually the two first, the first two notes in a D minor 7 chord. That's the root in the flat 3. Now, what's the 5th of a D minor seventh chord? It's A, right? Now, what is A as it re- relates to the G7 chord, the G7 sus chord? Well, it's the 9th. And is the 9th okay to play in that chord? Oh, absolutely. In fact, it's often included in a voicing like that. And what do you think the flat 7 of D minor 7 is? Well, it's a C. And what does C, how does C relate to the G7 sus 4? Well, it's the 4th. That's the 1. That's the, that's the big note in question there. So that's a G7 sus 4. And this is a D minor 7 chord. I mean, these chords are so similar that you could even just see on a lead sheet, on a piece of sheet music, D minor seven slash G. And that's essentially like saying it's a G seven sus four chord, right? Especially if you're seeing it in a two, five, one situation, it's it's really the exact same thing. So when I'm thinking about this G seven sus four and what scale I could play over top of it, I go straight to Dorian, because Dorian, the Dorian mode, which again is like the C major scale starting it on the second tone of the scale and ending on the scale, so starting it on D and ending it on D, sounds like this, okay, you can play that over top of that sus chord, it's going to work perfectly fine. Now, we don't want to play the natural minor because the natural minor will have that B-flat note in it, which is basically like the sharp 9 of G, and we don't really want that because that's not the sound we're going for. Okay, so D-Dorian. When you see that G7-sus4, think D-Dorian, or it doesn't matter what key it's in, think about that chord related to a 2-chord and think about Dorian from that two chord. So that's the first way you can think about improvising over this. Now, still thinking about that D minor seven, we can simplify it by just making it a D minor pentatonic scale. Now, a lot of people know the minor pentatonic scale. They're very familiar with it. Sounds like this, okay. Now, what are the notes? D, F. Now, if you're paying attention from earlier, those are all notes that are in the G7sus4 chord. So, is this gonna work? Yeah, it's definitely gonna work. So, I'll try to play around a little bit on it. All right, so that's a definite option as well. Now, where do we go from here? How else can we start thinking about this? Okay, there's two different routes you can go. First, I'm going to think about what Dorian really is. If we're thinking about a Dorian, we're thinking about uh, the two chord as compared to the the five chord, we're really all talking about the key of C, right? That's the one chord in the key of C, is is C. So if I'm thinking about Dorian and that's related to the C major scale, well, then technically I can just play the C major scale over top of this G7sus4, right? So we got this... Right? I mean it's, everybody knows their major scales Or I hope you do Right I mean if you think about it It hits all those notes too In fact it's the, the, note, the scale starts on the fourth Then it goes to the fifth of G Then it hits the thirteenth of G Then the flat seven of G Then G the root Then the ninth of G And then the third of G, like I said, you can add the third in there too. And then back to C, which is the fourth. Now, the thing about this is all of these sounds, they're the same, right? Because they're all related to one scale. The mixolydian, the G mixolydian, that's all related to C. The D dorian, that's all related to C. And of course, C major, C ionian, is related to the key of C. So... The beauty about theory, about about music theory in general, is it's all different ways to perceive it. It's kind of like looking at an object, but you're looking at it from different angles, right? And that's that's really what the value of all of this is. So I'm going to continue with that theme, but now really kind of look at it from a different angle. So again, we're relating this G7sus4 to the 2 chord to its two chord, if it had a two chord, which is D minor 7. So now I'm going to think about D minor 7 as a key center. This is this is a way it helps me to think about it. If this doesn't help you, that's okay. But I'm going to think to myself, well, if D minor 7 is a key center, what's its relative major? You may or may not know that every major key has a relative minor, and every relative minor has a relative major. Now, the easy way to find a relative major from any minor key is just... Think about moving up the root note a minor third so what's a minor third up from d it's f okay so now essentially i'm thinking about how f major is the relative major to d minor and my theory is that that should mostly work with a g7 sus four chord except we have to change one note in the F major scale to make it work. Because remember, that D, we were thinking about it as Dorian, okay? So that's related to the C major scale. So this F major scale also has to be related to the C major scale. So what I'm simply going to do is sharp the fourth. So instead of this, I'm gonna sharp that fourth. So now it's a B natural. Now, really, what is this, again, I just related this from the key center of D, thinking about it as the relative major, but really, this is an F Lydian, an F Lydian mode, which is related to the C major scale. So essentially, it's like starting the C major scale on the fourth tone, which is F. So you have F Lydian. Okay? So it's that kind of a sound. So that's one other way you can think about it. Again, all these different ways to think about it can really just help open up your options that you have. Now there's one other way I just wanna explain this relationship of thinking about the dominant sus to a two chord, and this may be easier for you to think about it. You can also think about it as just any dominant sus four chord that you come across. You can think about soloing over the minor A perfect fifth up from that, which again in G would be D or a perfect fourth lower than that note. So again, that would be D. So that might be one way to help you think about it. Now, there's one last way I want you to think about improvising because, you know, again, scales, they're kind of like pitch collections. They give you an idea of what notes you can play. And, yes, you can play the arpeggios to any of these over top of that, and that could help you more outline and skeleton things. And you can fill in the blanks. You can add chromaticism, anything you want that you normally would or could do in improvising. But one way to also think about it is with triads, So I'm gonna break it down into two triads. We have a G7sus4, all right? Now there's two triads I wanna talk about this relates to. The first one is an F major triad. Now what's an F major triad? Okay, it's only three notes. Starts with F, then it goes to A, then it goes to C. F major triad. Now, what notes are those? compared to g7 sus4 well the first one is f which is the flat seven the second one is the ninth the ninth we've already talked about is a note that you can easily add to that voicing and then c which would be the sus fourth of the g7 sus4 okay so those notes work perfectly fine Okay, but let's fill in the blanks now. We're going to add one more triad to this, and that's just the simple, basic G triad. What's the G triad? G, B natural, and D. Now, that's easy to relate to G because it is a G chord. So, G is obviously the root, and then B natural is the third, And then D is the fifth. Now remember, we can add the third into this dominant seven sus four chord. That's an acceptable note that we can add into the chord. Now just to make sure that I have all those down on my instrument, what I like to do is I like to connect the triads together. So go F to G, F to G, and I like to move up one and go down the next one, and then go to the next possible inversion of that. So I start with root position, then up to the G, Then go into first inversion, which first inversion is starting on the third of the chord always. So then second inversion, which starts on the fifth of the chord. And then just for fun, back at the root position. That just kind of ensures that I got those triads uh, on my instrument down pat. So, I mean, you can hear those sounds come out. You know, you you hear jazz guys do that all the time, using those triads to really outline that chord. So that's another way. So you can break that down into thinking... About the triads, those two triads And and again, to disassociate From any key at all The first triad you would think about is A whole step down from the root of the chord In question, right? So, again, it's a G7sus So a whole step down is F So if you think about an F triad That's one place to start And then play the triad of the actual chord That you're playing Okay, so that's one approach Now I want to just play a backing track Right now of a sus chord just going on and on and on. And what I'm gonna try to do, I'm gonna improvise a little bit over this chord, and I'm just gonna think about all the things that I've just talked about, the different ways of thinking about this the different ways of of thinking about with the Dorian thinking about the F Lydian thinking about the C Major thinking about mixolydian and thinking about the the D minor pentatonic um, What else am I missing? Oh, and then the triads, of course the F triad and the G triad now if you can hear me doing these things um, that would actually not be what I would call a, a, a good thing necessarily because with all of this we want to make it musical, right? We don't we want to be thinking about making melodies. The theory is just a tool to actually make melodies and conceptualize this stuff. We don't want to be sounding like we're playing scales. We don't want to be sounding like we're blatantly playing different things. So I'm going to try my best not to give it all away for you, but here's just me trying to improvise over some of this stuff. that is all for today's show i want to thank you so much for listening thanks for tuning in and i hope that some of this helped you with improvising over these suspended chords and that you can start utilizing some of this music theory in your own playing again you can find the show notes at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode seven three now, if you got any value at today's podcast episode, a really easy and free way to help us out and give back is to go to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. That helps other people find the show, and we would greatly appreciate you taking the time to do that. Now, if you got any value also from all this other stuff that I've been talking about today, you can get a lot more information from our ebook called Zero to Improv, which is an ebook that teaches how to become a great jazz improviser from the ground up. You can learn more about that ebook at www.zerotoimprov.com. All right. Now, next week, we're going to be coming out with an episode 75. I look forward to seeing you back then. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast. Brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter.